0: What's going on with your brother?
1: Hey, how you doing today, brother?
0: Man, uh, I want to start off episode three of Radical Thinking today by um talking about Kanye again. Not negatively. I know he said slavery was a choice. And um with this this podcast here, you know, I thought about it, radical thinking, you know, free thought. You know, it's all a good thing. But it don't come without responsibilities. You can't Mm -hmm. say stuff and not explain your stance. So when he said slavery was a choice, it made me think, wow, was slavery really a choice? I'm already knowing that it wasn't. You know, our Mm -hmm. people were forced over here into harsh conditions to do things that they didn't want to do. Some of them didn't even make the whole ride here because they, they... committed suicide. They jumped out in the ocean because they felt that was more of an honor than to come over here and do chattel slavery for some white man. But, you know, we don't really talk about a lot of the um, the revolts that, that went along in slavery. You know, they, they just started talking about the Nat Turner, you know, situation, and um, I'm sure that the guy pretty much had to beg for the money. He had to put up his own money to get the film made. We don't talk right. about Tucson Loverture, which is the only successful slave revolt in history where Tucson Loverture actually freed and defeated, freed himself in the whole island of Haiti, of the French rule. Mm-hmm. You know, they kicked him right. up out of there. And um, there's a movie on it, and it's called, what is it called again? 1804,
1: the history of Um. 80. That's
0: right, by um, Tariq Nasheed. Pretty good movie. Pretty good documentary. Mm-hmm. So we don't really talk about all the slavery votes. So, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of irresponsible to say that, you know, it was a choice because you think that, hey, you know, a lot of those guys just sit back and just let it happen and you know the younger generation they don't do any research so they hear Kanye said or anybody said and they just take it as gold even in the um the the textbook nowadays and in Texas I think they have um in the history books they're not calling them slaves anymore they're calling them migrant workers so you know it's almost mm-hmm. like it's like they came over here by choice just to work and pick cotton no it, it didn't happen like mm-hmm. that you know it was a it was a struggle every day and um I just want to point out a couple of other ones other than, you know, the one that happened in Haiti with Tucson Loverture or Nat Turner down in um the Tyward Tyward area of Virginia. We can talk about Gabriel Pops, Prosser, you know, in Richmond, Virginia, he led a revolt. We can talk about Denmark Vesey down in Charleston, South Carolina. They also led revolts, but the key to, to – most revolts everybody has to be in on it right Mm -hmm. but what derailed most of those revolts that happened was a thing called meritorious manumission is it to be called snitching where another slave was scared to actually go through with the revolt so instead of going through with going through with it they went and told the master or the overseer that, hey, you know, uh Gabriel or Denmark, you know, they're talking about, you know, doing something crazy. You know, you might want to check him out. And in order, he he assumed that him doing that by telling master that, hey, you know, this guy is doing this, you might want to check him out, that the master will show him favor.
2: hmm
0: but in our actuality, he really didn't get much much favor, you know, especially even with the meritorious manumission. He wasn't getting set free. His family wasn't getting set free. You know, even a person that, that told on Denmark VC didn't get the whole bounty that was on his head. You know, it was uh, $300, I think it was. And, you know, you think about back in the early seven, eight, early to late 1700s, $300 is a lot of money, especially for a slave. They only gave him 50 bucks. Yeah. Hmm. But just imagine, you know, what freedom would have tasted like if you just would have fought and rose up with, with the brother. So, you know, like I said, I just wanted to say, you know, that a lot of guys didn't sit back and take it. And then you got to go with the brainwashing. You know, you a lot of people was born into slavery, so that's all they ever knew. They didn't know no different. They didn't know that it was different to be treated, you know, the way they were being treated. So they thought that was the norm, because they were brainwashed into thinking that. <clears throat> and so some of that, those effects still linger on today. We can go into, um, I, you know, as a kid, I can remember mom uh my dad telling me, hey, make sure you're at home before the street lights come on. You know, and, and that was the saying back in slavery days. It wasn't street lights, but, you know, it was more of make sure you're home before it gets dark. Because if you were caught hanging out, In the dark at nighttime, as a slave, you know, some pretty nasty things could happen to you. Mm. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to get that straight that free thought, critical thinking, radical thinking are all good things, but it must be done responsibly. If you're going to make drastic and radical comments, you have to be ready to back it up and deal Mm. with it and be ready for the backlash for it. So I'm not mad at Kanye for saying it. I just think it was irresponsible of him for him not to really say what he really meant. He said slavery was a choice, and then he kind of backdoored and said, you know, we were mentally enslaved, which we were mentally enslaved because we were brainwashed to think that that's the way we were And you can go back to the Willie Lynch syndrome, the, the Willie Lynch letter, how he said, you know, The the dark skin versus the light skin, mother against the daughter, the the father against the son, and it all culminates into what's going on in our community right now as we speak.
1: Okay, man, so my opinion on what Kanye said is. I'm thinking he was referring to modern modern day time and not back in the day, but like you said, we have to hold him responsible because he says slavery as a whole. Of course, we know back in the day in I say the, the 1800s, 1700s, African did have something called indentured servants. So and let me explain what that is. An indentured service is basically a maid, some somebody that served royalty. And what ended up happening was white people and European people went over into Africa and saw, hey, they, these people are working for less than nothing. And they're getting, you know, they're getting somewhere nice to stay. Well, let's let's do this. Let's buy labor from Africa and bring it over here to build up the United States of America. So what what ultimately happened is they was telling these kings and queens that, hey, we're going to treat them the same way that they get treated over here. We're just going to purchase, purchase these people and you know take them to our country. Now, that being said, they did not understand what ended up happening is the European man came over here and said you know what we're going to take away all their human rights and make them do anything we want them to do for free so when the Africans found out about it in their country that's when you start having um, that's when you start having it back and forth between the Africans and the Europeans because that wasn't the African thing to do Africans were only in servants, service maids if you will um, butlers if you will that's, that's the equivalent. So when people say Africa had a hand in slavery, they have to do their history when when you're talking about what did the European man say to the African? The European man said, hey, we're going to let these people live in high regards in the same centers they live in in Africa, which is not true. They brought them over here, stripped them of their name, and their freedom. Now, when they got to America, when we got to America that some of the horrendous things about slavery was how they how they dominated the slave and basically stripped them of their manhood. You know, they would get the, the biggest, strongest slave on a plantation and rape him in front of his family to demean him. Right, buck breaking right? Butt-breaking. Butt-breaking, that's right. That's the terminology for it. Now, in Haiti, of course, in 1804, 1800s, um, now the revolution actually started before 1804 but 1804 is when it ended so the slaves revolted and actually overtook their country now what happened after that it's, it's amazing how if you look at Haiti now they have no begging by any other country because because all the countries were profiting, profiting off of slavery, they wasn't profiting off of their own people And now if you look at modern day, you're thinking about modern day slavery. What what is a modern day slave? A modern day slave is a brother who don't know themselves. Because if you don't know your history or don't know how to to handle yourself in certain situations, you're you're basically going to go or act in a way that is disrespectful to you and your family. And hey, if you don't thing, mind. Then... Mm-hmm. I'm right,
0: listening go, to you. Go brother. ahead, brother. I'm sorry. You go, you go ahead. And finish your thought.
1: Okay. Um Another thing is, is when you're talking about America and you're talking about slavery, we have to understand Americans didn't care about slavery at all. I mean, if if you think about what happened in the Holocaust and how America went over there and helped their European friends and came back over here and the next thing you know, they built these these living conditions from African-American colonies, African American colonies, these the place of their living, the ghetto, which is a Nazi experiment that Nazi used on the Jews, and it actually showed that if you put animals in in small living small living, um, small living situations with limited resources, they were going to kill each other. So for America to say, "Hey, we're going to do this to." african-american people that shows you right there that they don't really give a fuck about you (laughs) now true true. so i what i what i think about Kanye is i'm I'm thinking he referring to the modern day slavery but then again kanye being a platform he that he's at he need to understand because everybody not given the same opportunities when you're talking about advancement Yes, you are an artist, but at one point, we can do artistry. We can even get a basic education. So, how could you say slavery is a choice? (laughs) Most people don't know, or they're not willing to go find out the researchers. The number one thing people say, if you want to hide something from a brother, put it in a book. How many brothers do you know on an everyday basis that actually go pick up a book? So...
0: That's profound right there.
1: So... My thing is, yes, I understand what he tried to say, but the way he said it was ultimately wrong. Now, today, modern day slavery, yes, we yes, it's it's a thing. Like it's actually a choice now because you can you can actually go get an education for yourself and teach yourself our history and you know be able to better your life. But like I said, if you don't know, what can you do about it? Now, brother, I, I he, um, had a comment
0: for me, and I wanted to hear what, what was your comment? and well, what you said it was profound, man. Uh, and you was talking about books, man. I'm gonna go give you a quote from one of my um, my favorite books, man. It's actually called The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. And in that book, with this, man, we can go on talking about the Eric Reed situation. But in that book, he said, if you can control a man's thinking you do not have to worry about his actions. When you determine what a man shall think, you do not have to concern yourself about what he will If you make a man feel that he is inferior, you do not have to compel him to accept an inferior status, for he will seek it himself. If you make a man justly an outcast, you do not have to order him to the back door. He would go without being told. Back door. His very nature will be to demand one. And, you know, with that being said, look at what's going on. Look what's on TV. You know, it's telling us what to think. Look at they telling us what to think and how to think. And, you know, we're told by our parents not to question authority. You know, your mama say, hey, you know, go go clean your room or, you know, you can't go outside. And, you know, we don't we want to say why, but we don't because. You know, guess what, Mama, or Daddy. I said so, hmm. right?
1: Right, right.
0: You know, you know. Today, I try to teach my kids an, another way. I tell my kids it's okay to question authority, but do it respectfully.
2: Hmm.
0: Do it respectfully. If you Have a question for me? Ask me. Pull, pull me to the side. It, even if you at schooling and the teacher telling you some information that you don't agree with, pull and say, "Hey, you know." well, I believe, you know, you kind of was wrong in this situation. This is what it is. Don't do it in front of everybody. So, you know, we have to question authority because or we have to fact check authority. That's why, you know, when, when the presidents go up and they do, you know, after they do their speeches or uh, state of the unions, you know, you can go on see MSNBC, Fox News, all of them, or, you know, they got their thing. Well, they call it fact check. You know, we, we have to fact check authority hmm. because Bullshit and give us bullshit and we take it and we run with it. Mm. We don't do the research for ourselves. And if there, you know, somebody else steady fed feeding us information, how does it help us if we don't go and see for ourselves the, the actual truth? You know, and with that being said, you know, Eric Reed, one of the top safeties in the NFL just filed a grievance against the NFL, because Ironically, he can't get a job just like Colin Kaepernick because he was one of the first ones to kneel for the national anthem, so to speak. Mm-hmm. My thing with the national anthem, I'm a veteran. I don't believe that it's a disrespect to veterans because I personally don't believe that veterans join the military to say, hey, I'm going to fight for my country. I'm going to fight for my flag. That was never my decision. My decision was to go, was out of circumstance. You know, yeah. a lot of people join the military to get out of certain situations or to get the Montgomery GI Bill, which is now the uh, the post-9-11 GI Bill. So it was- that's really my business they fight those wars because of the person the, the or, or sometimes and the next I can go back home waiting on me then that him kneeling for that flag was not disrespectful. If you think about it. Because <clears throat> think about it. When when you when you pray to God, you know, most people knees and they bow down, you know, as as in humbling themselves. When you ask a woman for a hand in marriage, you get on one knee and you humble yourself. So if if you look at it, you can look at it as he was humbling himself, asking for you guys to to actually. Think about what, what you guys doing in America and think about making a change. Or you can be, you know, ignorant and say, oh, that's disrespectful, him taking one knee.
1: Hmm. Right, man. So I, I have to ask this question before I get into my point. Is it disrespectful to not bow your head or hold your hand over the chest when you're saying the Negro National Anthem? because I see no white people showing respect to that national anthem. Uh, Something that people must understand was whenever that national anthem was created, it wasn't for black people. (laughs) Like the time that the constitution was written, it wasn't for black people. So that being said, if if something not designed for you, how could you be mad for me for not, not basically going on one accord with you guys? I mean, how many people do you actually know that if something, did you think a Jew would actually listen to the to the Nazi national anthem? It's, no? Why would I? Why would I basically give it to the enemy? Because me singing saying the national national anthem represents individual. I don't feel like. I don't feel like that's that's right for you to actually feel that I should have to feel that way. I don't. If I'm saying something that I don't mean and I know it hurt, that isn't true. I'm more of a hypocrite and a liar than the people that I that I talk about on this network or you know um, see you on a normal day to day basis and don't say anything. So, Eric Reed has all the right as a human being to pick and choose. I mean, they don't say anything about when Donald Trump was listening to the national anthem. He put his hand over his chest. Donald Trump listened to the national anthem and looked away. So the and president, man, the United States they, president doing the same thing.
0: They, disres- they disrespect the flag at all times at any football game or any given Sunday because by right, the flag is never supposed to be held in a manner which is held in waved in that manner. The the flag is supposed to be held in, with the utmost respect. It's never supposed to be horizontal. Never. Not even during battle. I mean, if you go back and you, you hear him, if you watch the old war movies and you see them, you know, they always had the flag guy going forward. And he, what, regardless of whatever happened, that flag never touched the ground. It was never held horizontal. So they disrespect, they disrespect the flag in that manner. But I really believe that um, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed might be done in the NFL. Even though they both are at their peak of their careers, Eric Reed is 26 years old. I think, you know, at 26 yeah. years old in NFL for safety, he's at his peak. So he should be, you know, at the top echelon, getting ready to get that big max contract right now. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick, he may be twenty seven, he can't be no older than thirty years old. So they're right. right at their peak to where they can get, you know, back to mm-hmm. speak. I believe that they're gonna let them play their last down in the NFL. But sometimes our mission and our purpose here on earth is greater than in the circumstance that we are currently in, and. Mm. What Coach Kaepernick has been called to do is playing football just opened his eyes. agreed, mm. football just opened his eyes. Things that they're doing outside of football and outside of kneeling is then than what they can do. But they, they started a conversation and they never backed down. They, you know, they, they put their money where they might. Hmm. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like they just giving lip service. I think they got blackballed because they they say that you know people kneeling for the national anthem you know caused the ratings dip. But if you think about it, you look at the games. You know, it, it wasn't really good games, and nobody really watches the national anthem of the. You know, when the national anthem come on, you know I'm I'm usually walking to the refrigerator, getting something to snack on or flipping the channel mm-hmm. until the game actually comes up. I'm not watching it because right. it's not something that right. I want to see. I don't want to hear anybody singing the national
2: anthem. I,
0: you know, I don't want to see nobody wait. I, I don't want to see it. I, you know, I barely get a player introductions. You know, what I want to see is the, the kickoff. And most players do. So you can't say that the the different – People kneeling for the national anthem, which is that's only two to three minutes of the game. People not watching Mm -hmm. the game because
1: you're putting out bad product.
2: Mm.
1: Another thing is, man, they don't want they don't want athletes. America feel like athletes shouldn't have a stance on anything or shouldn't stand for anything. All they want to see you do is shoot a ball or throw a ball. When you are a role model to most kids, so yes, I believe. I believe, like you said, they are they are getting blackballed. But you have these younger generations seeing that it was actually men of honor playing these sports, and they actually they can actually see, like, hey, you know, that's what that's what a man is. A man will stand on his beliefs regardless if it impacts him financially or not. That's you know that's a great thing. But you know, I pray for the brothers and hopefully somebody see, find it in their heart to give those brothers opportunity but i don't see it happening no time soon i mean how many african american men do you know or women do you know that actually own the nfl team see that's another thing you know when we doing certain things we get mad when somebody else somebody else not speaking up for us but if we don't own a team or don't own anything like that. We can't basically support the brothers the way they needed to, to be supported.
0: But if you look
1: if
0: at a- if you look at the price of the team, you know, um the Carolina Panthers are up for sale right now. And you know, they expected to go for anywhere between two to three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And I know um Diddy, Sean Combs, P Diddy, Brother Love, whatever he, whatever name he goes by right now, you know, he said he was interested in, in getting them. There's no way that he could actually be a majority owner because I think he's only worth like, you know, maybe seven eight 800000000 million. And you don't want to put all your cash reserves into something that you don't know what the return is going to be like. So it's going to be hard for him to actually be a majority owner. And, you know, if you look at all the other people that's, that's trying to get in, trying to get the team, they have, they're going to, outbid him, so to speak. They're going to price it to where right. Diddy might not even be able to be a minority owner. And if they do let mm-hmm. him in, it's only going to be to shut people up. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you go back years ago when <laughs> Jay-Z um, owned you know, like 0. 000 .00013 of, of the Brooklyn nets it was only right. to shut people up. And, you know, on the, in the back door of it, it was only, you know, if you look at listen to one of his rhymes, you know, the Nets was in Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn. They were in New Jersey originally. But in one of his rhymes, he said, you know, in the Hello Brooklyn, he said, in a couple of more years, I'm going to bring you some Nets. He was talking about the basketball team. So what they did was they let him have a, a tiny bit of ownership in the team so when they went to Brooklyn to gentrify it, so to speak, to to buy up all the land and to price those low-income people out of their homes so that they can build that arena. And they use them for that because the people felt comfortable because, like, hey, you know, Jay-Z owned the net. You know, so they, they you know, was excited for Jay-Z because, you know, they felt like, okay, well, we made it. Got in there and... and, and they felt comfortable with him buying up the land and, and stuff. And, and now these people can't even say in their own neighborhood because the net's there now. You know, Jay-Z brought them some nets. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I like Jay-Z. You know, I think he's brilliant. But, you know, we can't con- continue to think the illusion of letting one person in is okay. It's hmm. not. You know it's not okay. I like mm-hmm. what um what Ice Cube doing with the, with the big three. And, you right. know I think it's He's... I think it's tremendous. You know I mean even though it's you know really like some I ain't gonna say all of them watched that, but you know you got some thirty five and up players. You know in the gym playing a three on three pickup game. You know who really wants to see it, but. He saw it, and he's monetizing it. And some of those guys are actually getting back into the league on, on you know, vet, min, vet minimum salaries to continue to play ball, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But what he did was he got his own. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what it's about, you know, about having your own instead of depending on somebody else's league. Because as long as it's a gray-haired white man anywhere – it's going to be a threat for a young black man everywhere
1: Mm. man that was powerful and you know and I have to talk about one more athlete before we go Um, I have to get into Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is a percentage owner of the Wizards also a lot of people oh, didn't know. Oh, that.
0: Wait, wait. Let's let's correct that. Michael Michael Jordan is
1: actually a majority owner
0: in the Charlotte Hornets. It's the Hornets now. Yes, he's okay. a majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets.
1: Explain to explain to us what that means. What kind of power do Michael Jordan have? Oh, uh, Michael Jordan. He he has the
0: power to say, you know, yay and nay on this coach, that coach. He can change, you know, the jerseys, the the ticket within the organization, Michael Jordan can change, you know, he can actually go to the owners meetings and say, you know, we can adopt this policy or that policy. But one thing, you know, I say about the NBA, the players and that the owners, they give the NBA a little bit more freedom, the players a little bit more freedom to Mm set and do as they will. Because if you look at LeBron James, and um, the Miami Heat at the time when Trayvon Martin died. You know, all of them oh, yeah. came outside with, with the hoodie. Even, you know, after the guy they got killed, you know, he said, I can't breathe. You know, they came out with the shirt saying, you know, I can't breathe. You know, they speak on these things. And, um, you know, a couple months ago when, when some Fox reporter told LeBron, you know, he needs to just shut up and dribble. You know, he said something about, you know, we got this clown in the office. Like, you know, he's a jackass. You know, Kevin Durant was on the same little episode. So, you know, he's an asshole. You know, that's one thing about the the NBA that I do admire, that they allow the players to actually be individuals and speak for themselves. And they are not scared to set that motherfucker down. Because if you look, if you go back and you look back when the Clippers told from um donald Donald sterling i think his name was and the guy steve um the guy that used to be at microsoft bought him for like two billion dollars the guy said you know i don't want no niggas or them black monkeys or something at my games Mm -hmm. why you got to deal with them and chris paul and them came together and said shit we ain't gonna play another game until he up out of here and guess what they said hey let's get this motherfucker up out of here because shit." If they're not on the floor, we losing out billions and millions of dollars. Right. You know, the NFL ain't strong enough to actually, well, you know what? I ain't going to say they're not strong enough. They don't really give a damn to do that. Correct. This. Correct. But you can go ahead and finish your note about Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the correction because I really thought it was the Wizards. But. Maybe he used to play for the Wizards. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah,
0: he played for the Wizards.
1: That's what it was. Okay. So, going back to Michael Jordan, um, like you said, he's he's a majority shoulder now. And the same exact thing. We need some brothers to band together. Not and actually own some of these teams. So, the players can feel like it's okay to speak out on some of these issues. If you look at it, historically, the NFL is mostly run by Caucasian males. You know, um, you you are, you see more black NFL players than almost any other.
0: Yeah, um, go ahead and finish your thought on that. Um, you know, the NBA, the NFL being run by white men.
1: Oh yeah, like I was saying um Kyle had dropped. I'm sorry about that you guys. But what I was saying is you have more African American football players in the league than any other race and yet we don't own anything in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the best players that ever play the game are mostly African American men and we we basically making them money and why we're not making our own money? So, you know, I understand what you were saying, especially when you were talking about the NFL and the I mean, the NBA, and the guy that, that you were talking about was uh, Ronald Martin. <laughs> and I, I suspect he is cool because this is not the first time Ronald Martin has said any anything like that. He did it to brother um, Umar Johnson when Umar Johnson came on his show, trying to get his point across. He did it to Tariq Nasheed with Tariq Nasheed went on his show. But um that's all I had to say, brothers, that they are, you know. Um you, you know, we know that the,
0: the average NFL player is about maybe three to five years. And mm-hmm. you know, out the they they're not really making a lot of guaranteed money. The contracts aren't guaranteed. And so, on average, you know, they go broke within four to five years after them being out of the league. So, it's kind of hard to see a player to to actually have enough money and revenue to actually buy a football team or be able to invest in a football team. I mean, you, you, you have some. I'm not talking about all. You have some. I mean, if you go and you look at uh, Marcus Colston, who played for the Saints, he actually owned – some stake into Arena Football League in a team in Philadelphia, I think it is. But he mm-hmm. has a very impressive investment portfolio. But, you know, these guys need to be taught how to manage their money early, not right when they get into the NFL. You know, because you think about it, a lot of these kids, you know, 19, 20 years old, and they, they're given millions of dollars, and you're not being told how to operate or how to handle that that money. So, mm. with that being said, you know, we need to teach our kids and and our children, you know, how to deal with money early in life and not wait till they actually get the money, you know? Mm. And, you know, I'm talking about as for, you know, teaching them how to count money early in age, teaching them to invest early in age, you know, opening up savings accounts and checking accounts and... You know, let them see you paying the bills and 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 stuff like that. And telling them why you do it. You know, tell them why you decide to, uh, you know, why you decide to pick this investment and vice is that. Uh, why you pay, you know, with cash and not your credit card all the time. You know, teach them, you know, they need to be taught these things because at some point in life, they're going to have to do it on, them own, on their own. Mm-hmm. And we're not always there with them how how are they going to know how to do it if we don't show them ourselves
1: right correct
0: man you know today you know it's been been a very interesting topics we hit on today man um we'll have more coming up next week i know you had an a email address so people can send in you know questions if they had if there's something that they want us to hit on a certain topic or something like that they want us to hit on, they can email. What's the email address again?
1: It's um, RadicalThankers2 at gmail.com. Again, it's radicalthinkers 2 at gmail.com. And I want to get a big shout-out to my boy, Charles Gambino, with This Is America. That video is awesome, brother. Man,
0: that kid is so amazing, man. He sing, he rap, he write, he direct, he produce. He do it all. He tell He do stand-up comedy you know the the guys really brilliant if you ever watch if you ever get a chance watch the show Atlanta I love it it's one of my favorite shows to mm-hmm. me it's like the black mm-hmm. the show. it's a show about everything because mm-hmm. if you it, it could, you could actually see it happening uh, uh living that life every day and, and every day in America the stuff that happens on the show it goes on and, and it's amazing I you know that's a salute to our black excellence for the week and, um, you know, I always like to end it on a quote, man. You know, that, that's my big thing, man. You know, I like to read and I like to – I would like for everybody else to to enjoy reading. You know, W.E.B. Du Bois, he said, children learn more from what you are than what you teach. Huh. Children learn more from what you are than what you teach. Well, that'll be it for today's episode. Like I said, um, if you got any questions or any topics you want us to hit on, you can hit us up at RadicalThinkers2 at gmail.com.